Unicorns podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Deborah Ray is a tech entrepreneur. He is the CEO of Spring Day, a digital platform that helps organizations improve the well-being of staff. Essentially, the tech helps create a happier and healthier workforce. Dipra, welcome to the program. Thanks, Justin. Absolutely delighted to be on here. So before we uh, jump into the various businesses that you're involved in, can you tell me a little bit about your professional background? Sure can. Um, so yeah, I was uh, I, I was actually grew up in New Zealand, uh, moved to Sydney about I think 11 years ago to pursue a career in investment banking. Uh, so okay. I started off in, in Deutsche Bank as an investment banker. Did that for about two and a half years and and then sort of quit to pursue uh, entrepreneurial opportunities. So started a business called Import and, and also Nextpay. Um, and then I've been in Import since the last sort of eight years. And so Import uh, recently merged with, with Spring Day. So it's a combined entity. Yeah, so Import effectively acquired uh, Spring Day about almost two years ago now. Um, so that was in 2019 that we did that. And um, yeah, it worked out for the best, obviously, in hindsight. Uh, uh, if we were a pure play retail operation, that would have had a lot more challenges. Of course. So um, tell our listeners about the the import scanners that uh, potentially they, they would have seen in some of uh, the big shopping centers uh, around yeah. the, the major cities. Love to. Um, import effectively helps you understand your body a lot better. Uh, we do that through 3D body scanning. Uh, we have these pods that are located in some of Australia's top shopping centers where people can get measured in a matter of minutes uh, and then get access to data about their own body, including their measurements, but also things like body fat percentage, um, you know, BMI, waist to hip, waist to height. Uh, and they can use that to track their uh, health and their body over time. Now, uh, we've measured... Over 300,000 odd people in Australia since we've started. Really? Um, and, um, you know, we've, we continue to add lots of people, obviously, COVID being an exception to, to our track record of success. But this is with clothes on, though, Tipra, right? No, you've got, well, you, yes, you keep your underwear on, absolutely. But uh, because we use infrared rays, which are completely safe, um, we do need people to be measured in either tight fitting clothing okay. or some people prefer to be in their um, underwear. Okay. And so what, what is the purpose of uh, the import scans? Is it ideally to uh, make better healthy lifestyle choices uh, once you have some independent data on your body? Absolutely. So if you think about it, the, the, the measurement that most people track on a day-to-day basis is weight. Mm-hmm. And weight is incredibly one-dimensional. Um, just looking at your weight isn't actually very either healthy or not not particularly useful. Hmm. By being able to look at your entire body avatar and being able to look at the shape of that and be able to see that over time, it's fundamentally a lot more empowering to you because you can actually see where you're making those changes and especially if you're working out and you want to focus on a particular part of your body, so whether that be your upper body or your lower body, you can actually see those changes and you feel rewarded for that. And the other thing that we see is that obviously being able to use some of the stat- statistics that we calculate things like your estimated body fat, is really quite powerful. So people, again, are knowing that when they're on their health journey, whether those results are actually working or not is critical. And when people get a baseline scan for the first time, is it often the case that they're shocked at the results? 
Yeah, look, I, I don't know if I can say the word, but I think most people in uh, when they get a scan, it's an oh shit moment. <laughs> uh, uh, because, you know, like, I think... That can't think, be wrong. Uh, yeah, it's like they can't be right. And I think people are used... As I said, weight is... You get adjusted to weight, right? Like, there's yeah. something called weight creep, right? So, you know, your weight's increased by, say, one or two kgs since you've been in high school. And mm. before you know it, you're used to having a weight of whatever you have. Uh, being able to see and, and looking at your mirror... It's deceiving, man. Like you look at yourself in a flat 2D surface. And again, you're changing, but because you're seeing that all the time, uh, it's not it's not that surprising. But when you go into this pod and you see this 3D avatar, I mean, the, the stories we hear of people getting sort of shocked back into action, it's mm. really motivating, right? People use us to, to really drive themselves into action. Uh, and we're delighted that we can help uh, play a part in that uh, in that role. So no doubt over the years, Dipra, you would have had some great examples of people who have had their first scan, it shocked them into action, and then over a period of months or years, they've made tremendous lifestyle changes. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And we see, I mean, you only have to go to Instagram and go hashtag import, and there's lots of people, and this we never saw coming, you know, sharing their avatars, their before and afters. And and I mean, I think the one thing we found during the pandemic, and I will say that this was a blessing in disguise, is when we shut down our pods initially because we had to because of health advice, uh, the number of people that actually emailed us sad that they couldn't access the pods gave mm. us great comfort knowing that people actually really rely on this and, and they felt really, really challenged that they couldn't do that. Um, and that gave us a lot of, you know, obviously a motivation to know, hey, we're actually off use and people are actually using us on a very regular basis. So obviously, uh, with COVID, the major shopping centers have been opened and closed and open and closed again. There's been a lot of disruption. So on that side of your business, no doubt that's been hard to handle. Yeah, look, it's been pretty tough. Um, you know, I think the lockdowns are back and forth. We understand why uh, lockdowns are required and, and they sort of make sense. But um, yeah, the, the back and forth thing has really been challenging. Um, you know, and what we found, it's interesting, you know, I think regardless of where in lockdown happens in Australia, the entire fleet, uh, people get a bit wary. I think people get very conscious and, and we've invested heavily in sort of making our pods COVID safe. We have check-ins in there. We have, uh, you know, sanitizing okay. wipes yeah. and so on and so forth, but people are still just worried. Um, so I think that that has been absolutely very challenging for us. Yeah. So tell us about the other side of the business then, the spring day side. Um, what, what is Spring Day all about and how does it work? Yeah, Spring Day is about building digital ecosystems um, to create happier and healthier workforces um, and, and cohorts of people. So we effectively uh, offer a white-labeled platform as a service uh, product uh, where normally big organizations are able to use that to drive engagement um, and improvements in well-being for their staff. Um, and we've been doing that for quite a long time. And who are some of the customers that you can mention that uh, that you are currently working with? Look, we work with uh, probably some of Australia's most reputable and, and known organisations, some of whom I can mention and some of whom I can't. So, yep. you know, Australia Post is, is our largest client. Um, we work with um, our longest standing client is PricewaterhouseCoopers, uh, PwC. Mm -hmm. um, we recently signed up the largest government department in New South Wales um, wow. and also a major pharmaceutical company 
Um, we're seeing, a, you know, I think one of the things we're seeing is lots and lots of organizations really care about their people. Um, and often, you know, that care has been delivered through, you know, giving a flu jab on site or doing a health check. And I think everyone's realizing that's not enough. Yes. Um, and yes. so, so, you know, it's not just a one-off, hey, let's just do something. It's about creating that, that resource where, because people have individual well-being journeys and, yes. you know, it's about enabling them to have access to timely uh, credentialized information that allows them to feel better. So, you know, and I think digital allows you to do that. You know, you may have a staff member for, for whatever reason, it's going through a tough time and because it's at home or because, you know, their partner's lost a job. Um, and, and at that time, being able to access this well of resources that we deliver through Spring Day really can help make a difference. And whether that be a meditation workout, whether that be a program on how to stay calm and focused or how to build resilience, you know, that's where we see a lot of value. And I think large businesses are actually understanding the value of that. They're understanding that wellness is not a one-off. It's actually an ongoing journey. Well, exactly. Let's let's get into the detail. You mentioned some of them, Dipras, like the, the programs that Spring Day offers some of the corporates. Can you give us some more detail about some of the specific things that you're actually doing to help uh, the staff? Absolutely. So fundamentally, Spring Day, as I said, offers a platform as a service. So we have a platform that's white labeled for our large corporates. It has in itself a, a depth of resources across our five pillars that we track for well-being. Our five pillars are physical, social, emotional, career, and financial. Mm. Um, and so people are able to track that over time and get resources that might help them with that. Uh, as part of our platform every month, we run a, a unique campaign on one of those themes. So you know, this month we've run a, a, a theme about work-life balance, which I know is challenging, especially with working from home. Mm. Uh, previously, we've run campaigns on social connectedness, or we might run campaigns on nutrition. Uh, and we run those campaigns based on the data that we collect on our platforms. Uh, as part of our platforms, we offer the ability to actually capture well-being data. And that's done through okay. two tools. Um, and that's one is a very simple pulse where you just tell us how you're feeling. And the other one is a more sort of a longer form survey that we've developed with a gentleman called Professor Nick Glosier at the Brain and Mind Institute in the University of Sydney. And that gives you a sort of a, a longer uh, list of questions that you answer and then gives you actually your well-being score across the five pillars. But on top of that, then actually gives you recommendations on how to actually improve uh, the areas that you may be struggling in. Um, and so effectively, we do the monthly campaigns. We offer our well-being um, sort of tools to help improve well-being. And then we also offer things like activity challenges, which almost certainly are very, very popular with all our users. So this is where, you know, we obviously do a step challenge or um, where you can see which team is uh, walking more or walking, um, you know, less. Um, and that builds a sense of camaraderie and of com competition. Um, and that's been hugely popular for our clients. So, Dipper, if I'm um, if I'm working at one of the corporates that are using the Spring Day platform, and I start undertaking the programs, um, is my is my data anonymous, or does my employer know that I'm participating and could I don't know track my progress? And <laughs> no, no, you didn't. How, like, how how does it work? It's a great question, Justin. I mean, we get asked that a lot. Uh, your data is your your data. It's completely private. 
Mm -hmm. uh, we do yep. look at the data on an anonymized level, and that okay. is being yep. used to improve well-being. And, and we have, like we have, as I said, we have some of Australia's largest businesses. And what we can see very clearly, and I think this is where the value is for the organization and the staff member, is that different teams have different well-being profiles, right? So if you're in a, let's say, a consulting firm, you know, the team that's working on mergers and acquisitions would have a very different a profile to the person who's, a, let's say, working in technology. Mm. And, and we are able to provide aggregate reporting on how those teams are going. And then that's used by the organizations to actually, A, uh, maybe offer other programs for those particular teams that might make them feel better, or B, actually look at job design and say, okay, well, there's a reason why the M&A team, for example, is doing the worst and are really stressed out probably because they're overworked. So maybe we need to add more people. Maybe we need to actually train the manager on how to actually manage uh, the team properly. So those are some of the, 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 the insights that we can take that are actually actionable. And that's what our clients really love. So it actually, it sets off uh, triggers, I suppose, to, to management to, to flag a potential issue in a, in a, in a working group, for example. It can be, yeah, yeah, exactly right. So it can be used to actually understand what is going on within the business. And I, and I think that's where, again, we come from, where wellness isn't one size fits all. I think yes, gone are yeah. the days where, you know, I think companies could just say, hey, here's a gym membership, right? And off you or go. A gym membership and yeah. off we go. That's not enough. Because the thing is that most people, a lot of people today, uh, physical well-being, they may be able to look after that themselves, right? That may not be their challenge. They may be already part of a gym. They may be able to get workouts. What they're really struggling with is financial well-being, right? Because they don't know how to budget. They're, they're falling into some of these debt traps. You know, that's really where they need assistance. And I think being able to show uh, employers where they should invest their resources has been critical. You know, one thing we know is that large employer, large and small employers actually care about their staff. You know, but often it's about, well, what should I do? You know, what, what is the right thing to do? What will actually make the biggest difference to my staff? And that's where we can really play a role. And it, can it be used, I imagine it would be used as a, as a retention tool, uh, Dipra, for, for staff. If, if the staff is engaged and they feel as though their health and well-being is being looked after, that potentially is an incentive for them to stay in the organisation. 100%. I think Australia has one of the highest attrition rates in the workforce that in any sort of developed country. And one of the things we see, it's, it's, it's about showing the employee that you care. Yes. Right? yes. It's about taking proactive steps to invest, to show that, hey, you matter to me, right? And we're investing in this because we care about you. And I think that makes a big difference because for staff members to know that, hey, the organization actually cares, and is invested in my well-being is yet another reason for for me to stick around because I think people today nowadays actually, as you would know, like especially people in my age group, millennials, you know, we we want purpose. There's, it has to be purpose driven, but there also has to be a feeling that the organization is in it with me. It's not just about the paycheck. I think the days where it was just about the yes. paycheck are long yes. gone, and I think that's where we see our platforms being used to be able to show the employee, hey, we actually care. And do you think, Dipra, that um, the attitudes of um, senior executives, say within corporates, have changed to this health and well-being philosophy over the years? I would, I would imagine, say, ten years ago, the the 
um, the view might be vastly different, uh, shall I say, than what it is today. Yeah, look, I think health and well-being, I mean, since I've been in, involved, I mean, even in my investment bank, I think, um, you know, there was always a talk of well-being. The question was around uh, how much of that was um, tokenistic and how much of that was was actual. I think people are now realizing that you can't just say we care about well-being. You actually have to show something for it, yes. right? Because uh, everyone, uh, most organizations today are doing that, right? So I think if you're not doing that, uh, there's really no excuse for that. And I think that's, that's coming out with the clients we see. Like, I think, as I said, like, and I think what counts as well-being is, is, is becoming broader. So a lot more focus on emotional well-being, on making sure that staff are actually feeling psychologically safe. Um, so I think we are seeing organizations take it seriously. Um, I think we're seeing them move from being reactive to proactive. I think that's been a big change. And I think the pandemic has only made that even more relevant. Um, and, and being, again, being able to offer this resource that is available 24-7, right? I think accessibility, I think organizations have long had, you know, EAPs, for example, or, you know, here's a voucher for something. But actually seeing whether staff are using that uh, and, and being able to drive that and create that, you know, accessibility, uh, I think that's a really big area of focus for pretty much any corporate I speak to today. So obviously COVID-19 has disrupted the entire world over the past 18 months uh, to the point where everyone has probably worked from home for a little while, if possible. Um, so how has the pandemic, Dipra, affected the way you guys do business? Um, well, look, I think two, two, we had two probably big impacts. And the very first one, obviously, when the pandemic hit, I won't lie, we were, we were hit because we had contracts that we thought were going to get signed that got shelved or yes. got frozen yeah. uh, because I think, <laughs> you know, pretty much every organization was trying to figure out whether they'd survive, right, and, yeah. and what this yeah. meant for them. So, I think once we got through that, uh, which probably was the first three, maybe six months, mm -hmm. I think organizations started shifting and saying, okay, well, what can we now do given that, you know, I think hybrid work, digital uh, technology is here to stay. Right. Yes, I mean, yes, yeah. I mean, the number of big organizations that never use Slack or Teams, you know, and just had to suddenly switch to this because of hybrid work is, you know, tremendous. Right. And I think there was suddenly a thing going, well, actually, digital is a tool that we need to use for staff. And we started to see an uptick in uh, the number of people that were interested in a platform. And I think also a, a willingness to understand that these platforms are actually worth, you know, sort of the, the you know, worth the investment. Because I think often where people have struggled is, you know, it's very tangible to be able to give someone a gym membership, whether they're mm -hmm. using it or need it or not. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, investing in a platform that might cost a few dollars is is often being like, well, what do I get out of it? Are people actually happy? So, so I think we've been able to improve that as well and show that we are actually making a difference to staff. And staff have started speaking up about it. Um, for our existing clients, we had a really good run because... We were able to engage with them very quickly and, and build some case studies on that. So when the pandemic hit, we, as I said, started doing some of the social connected challenges and putting on lots of content on our workouts. And so our clients effectively felt that they could rely on us to be very agile. Um, but yeah, look, overall, you know, I think uh, on the spring day side, we've actually seen an uptick in business. And, and I think we continue to see that because I think organizations really do care. And what do, uh, obviously, you get feedback from uh, your corporate customers, but what do the staff 
um, of those corporates have to say about the programs? Well, I think this is the most um, uh, rewarding part of being involved in a business like this. I think it's, you know, our corporates, obviously, we, we like to keep our clients happy. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, we do surveys with our clients often and with their, with their employees to see whether they've used the platform and why they've used the platform. And, uh, we recently did a, a survey with one of our largest clients recently, and it was phenomenal to hear that people were actually using the platform to make better life decisions. So mm. we had a guy who said he stopped smoking uh, on the back of it. Um, there was a guy who said he started working out more and started meditating every day for 10 minutes. Um, and he did that because he was prompted into action by one of the campaigns he saw on us. Now, that is incredible to hear, right? Because that shows that we're making some level of difference, at least and on a person-to-person basis. Um, you know, our population health projects that we've launched, we've done surveys where, you know, we've shown that 63% of people have made a positive life change on the back of the platform. And that is, you know, that to me is really the stuff that's rewarding. Given that a lot of people are now saying that the traditional nine to five office roles, I'm at my desk all day, those days are gone. Um, how do you see uh, the corporate wellness industry shifting over the next few years? So, I mean, I think it goes without saying, I think you have to offer something digital today. Right. I, I think, that, again, just doing physical well-being seminars and bringing someone in and doing some health checks once a year is just not going to cut it. Um, so you, we're going to need... And people corporate. see through that too, don't they? Yeah, they do. They, they really do. I mean, again, when I was in banking and, uh, you know, I was at, uh, a leading investment bank, they would do health checks once a year. Um, <laughs> I hope you I mean, that, that really made no difference to my life. I mean, yeah. apart yeah. from showing me that I should work less. Um, yeah. which really wasn't an option, right? Like it was, <laughs> it was right. again, as I said, I think... You're stressed, take time off, I can't. Correct. Oh, well, I can't, okay. exactly right, right? Yeah. And then, look, I was fairly lucky. I won't say I worked in a decent team, so it wasn't that bad. But, yeah. you know, I mean, just on its own, people absolutely see through that. And I think that's where... But that's where the feedback from these tools is really important, right? I, I would come back and say this to the clients. Like, you do have to listen to what your people are saying, Right. Uh, we are putting spring there alone as is not a panacea to your solutions right you've got to then listen to what your people are saying and you have to be able to make some of these harder decisions around job design and what you're making in terms of the teams actually do because you can offer people spring day and you can offer people a platform but if you're forcing everyone to work you know 15 hour shifts with no breaks and you're not being flexible to their um, needs then that's going to show through. Mm. So I think what you're going to start seeing is organization hopefully start listening to their people. And I think they're going to need to do that through a range of tools uh, and then hopefully responding appropriately to that. Because I think if they don't, they're just going to lose staff. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. Yeah. And so how then do you work commercially with your clients? Is it... um... You know, sign up for a like a long term, or is it month to month, or like what? What are the? What yeah, are the- I think look, I mean, well-being is an investment that takes time, so there's no yeah. doubt about that. Um, so we do, we do, we do basically as it's a platform as a service fee. So there's a yes. depending on the size of the organization and the features that they have, yes. we have a range of price points. Yep. I mean, most of our clients, the the amount we charge is probably a rounding error for them, um, <laughs> given given how much. Uh, capital invest in, in looking after their staff. Um, so that's that's there. And then You're probably not charging enough, Dipra. Oh, 
I wish I could charge. I mean, look, I mean, we also want accessibility, right? So we, yes. we don't want to make this a thing that's only for large businesses. Of course. Right? So we, we want to make it accessible as well. We're very conscious of that. Um, so from our perspective, yeah, that's that's what's normally an annual fee. It's interesting. We used to have long, long-term contracts. And mm-hmm. uh, since we've acquired the business, we realize that, you know, as long as we do a good job, no one leaves us. And so we've now yeah. offered a lot more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do offer right. shorter-term contracts. And yeah. it worked out because... Really, once you integrate it, and people are loving it and using it, uh, and they want it to be, they know, want it to be there. You know, the, the staff have the buy-in. So, Correct. so what are the um, what are the major opportunities for you over the next couple of years with respect to the growth of the Spring Day platform? I think the biggest opportunity for us is in Asia Pacific, right? So, I think in the US, there's been a lot of investment in some of these platforms. I think Australia yep. and the Asia Pac have been fairly slow on it, um, and I think. As people realize um, and become more sophisticated as to the value of this, I think we're going to see a huge opportunity to add more and more clients. I think in terms of what we offer, we're investing in our tech quite a bit. So there'll be a lot more integration with, you know, sort of collaborative tools like Teams. And, and, and I think that's where we, we see opportunity to be able to sort of seamlessly be integrated with some of those um, and also being able to get uh, a wider ro- range of data sources plugged into our system to drive more personalization. Um, so I think we're, we're really focused on the personalization piece because we realize that not every person has the same well-being profile. And so being able to make that an individual journey is critical for our success. And given, Dipra, that this is seemingly so important for the staff, do you now think that businesses are taking corporate wellness much more seriously now than perhaps they once did? Yes, uh, that's a shot. I mean, they are. I mean, every business today is thinking about how they can look after their people because I think there's also a social contract now where I think people expect organizations to have a duty of care to their staff. As I said, I think, I think and I think that duty of care is now no longer restricted to a paycheck. I think mm. in the past, the contract you had with your employer was, hey, I, I, I come to work, I put out these hours, I get paid a certain amount, and that's it, right? Mm. And you know, that, that's as simple as that. I, that is absolutely not the case anymore today. Uh, I think today there is an expectation that the organization actually has to care about you and, and actually be uh, aware of your personal circumstances and be flexible. Um, and I think we're very much at the infancy of that. Uh, I think there's obviously a, a, a blurred line as to at what point do organizations responsibly start and end. And I know some big businesses are very conscious of that. But I think in general, um, companies are going to need to embrace the fact that um, they will have to offer more than just a paycheck and, and offer staff resources and, and um, you know, platforms that can help them navigate through their life challenges. You touched on it briefly before. Does it matter the size of the business for the success of Spring Day to work? I think to a certain extent, yes. Um, I think a small business... Um, you know, your manager or your boss can sort of respond to a lot of these things and understand a lot of these things more dynamically. So if you've got a team of 15, yeah, right, I think you can actually understand that. Now, giving them then access in terms of the tools that we have around the well-being check tool and things like that, you should be able to do that with 15 staff, right? You should be able to have a conversation with your people, you know, once a week or once a month and check in and how they're doing, Right. Um, so I think you know, on the very small end, uh, I think there's some limitations on how powerful we are. Um, as you get bigger, 
how do you make that? Um, you know, how do you institutionalize that? How do you drive that yeah. into culture? Yeah, I think that's the challenge, right? So when you start going from the 15 to 30 staff to the hundreds to 200 staff, that's the challenge, right? And then once you know that they're having a, a struggle or they're, they're having ish, um, areas where they want to improve, how do you then enable them to do that? On the enabling piece, I think we work across with both small and large, but on the, the, the being able to understand what's going on with the people, I think small businesses can do that, um, but larger businesses need to have a system to actually drive that uh, process. Dipra Ray from Spring Day, that rhymes. It's been great catching up with you today and we wish you all the very best in the years ahead. Thanks for coming onto the program. Thanks a lot, Justin.